Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to the second episode of Safe Space with ACE. I'm Isabel Hardesty, the president of ACE. Today, we're going to talk about intersectionality in the Asian community. Today's speakers will be Isabel, Rebecca, Alex, and Kate. All opinions stated here are solely the opinions of the ACE members and do not reflect WSU's views. Alrighty, hello everyone. We are going to start off with a fun question to get to know each other today. So, if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? Hi guys, this is Rebecca. Um, if I could have any quality um, or ability, I think I would want um, teleportation just because I could travel around the world for free then and I could just like hop back into my bed. So, that's one uh, ability that I would love to have. Ooh, that's actually a really good one because I think like teleportation is like one of those things where, you know, like obviously you could travel without any expenses, but like it's one of those abilities that is like so common but yet so cool, at least in a superhero aspect. I like that choice. I feel like if I could wake up tomorrow and gain any kind of ability... Um, I would like to be able to at least read minds and, you know, have the ability to just, like, turn it on and turn it off, you know? Not, like, one of those constant, like, abilities where it's, like, everywhere you go, you just hear everyone talk, but you can have, like, selective mind reading whenever you want. I feel like that would be cool because, you know, I think there's some days where I meet certain people and I just think, oh, man, I can't really tell if they're telling me the truth or not. Um, I don't know how they feel about me, and I always overthink sometimes, so I think that's a really cool ability to have. Though, I, I do think it, there would be some trust issues with that one, not gonna lie. You know, Isabel, that's actually pretty, a pretty good one. And Rebecca, your teleportation is actually really good, too. I was over here thinking, like, oh, if I had a quality or if I woke up with another ability, I would want to be able to remember everything I read or or saw or heard. And like have a super memory because lately I feel like my memory is just going down the drain. <laughs> so your y'all's are better than mine, but like I really I don't know like to read people's minds would be crazy because it, what if one day you are like I want to know what they're thinking about me and they're thinking something bad and it's just like oh, oh never mind and then what if you teleport if you like tell- you can teleport anywhere and then you're just like oh this is great and then you're like. And then, like, you get stuck or something. I don't know. I just watch a lot of anime, so. <laughs> but, yeah, I think those are really cool, too. Actually, Alex, that's actually a good quality, the whole, like, super memory thing. I feel like that would be so useful, especially if you're, like, in, like, higher education. Like, imagine you read something, and then you never have to read that thing again. I think that would be really great. But, yeah, you do have a point, though, about, like, the teleportation and, like, the mind reading. Like, when you see, like anime or like certain plot points in a show and like all those people like something bad happens oh yeah it makes me makes me think yeah that's a good point like I saw that question and like my first thought was just okay so I watched this show called The Gifted and there's this one character who can watch a video and learn that skill immediately I wanted to be able to do that Alex's is actually really smart because it's much it's like really helpful in general alex had it thought out she like took the extra mile like it's 
Like, it's a super smart answer. Meanwhile, Rebecca and I are like, teleportation and mind reading. Yes. Absolutely nothing else. Let's go. So wait, Kate, would your ability that you would want be similar to that character in Gifted then? Yeah, I would want the same thing. I feel like with anyone who has like, at least any type of like quality or like super ability in the sh- in shows that we watch, I feel like there's always a drawback. Like there's always some negative to counter that positive and it's like it's insane to think about too because it's like oh oh goodness maybe maybe having powers isn't all that another power that i used to want growing up was um to reach things so like the stretching like elastic elastic girl and so i could like reach into cupboards but that was just like a silly one that like i don't wish that anymore because i mean i can pretty much like get to where i need to go but that's one that i used to want a lot because i could never reach anything i can relate so much i used to wish that i would could like just change my height like to whatever i wanted it to be (laughs) because i could never reach anything and everyone was always taller than i was I feel like younger me, because now that Rebecca and like Kate brought up like changing hiders, like elastic arms, I think the younger me, I it's really embarrassing to think about, but like I think an ability I wanted when I was younger was to like, and you, y'all are gonna probably flame me for this, but it is what it is. Um, I watched like Naruto and then like Full Metal Alchemist growing up, and for some reason, you know, I was like, it would be real cool. If I could use those abilities, like the alchemist in Full Metal Alchemist, or if I had like a jutsu, like Sasuke had and Itachi have like Genjutsu and all that, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. But yeah, no, I never thought about like changing my height or like getting like a stretchy arm to like get things from a cover. I was, I feel like me as a child, like really took it to the next level and said, okay. Anything imaginary, yes. Okay, so younger me, you guys don't hate me for this. I just wanted to be the Avatar, and I wanted to be the best fire, lightning bender, metal bender, earth bender, all of it. I wanted to be the Avatar. And um, yeah, now that I'm older, I'm like, this was really strange. It was a good show, but that doesn't apply to real life, so. Alex said I want to be a bender. (laughs) Those powers are really cool, though. Like, I mean, who wouldn't want the Avatar power? Yeah, that makes them. That starts to make me think. Like, whoever wouldn't want the Avatar powers? It's kind of like, I, I don't know. Like, whenever I hear from people, and it's just, oh my gosh, like if you had a chance to like become the Avatar, then like, would would you take that chance? And if if people say no, I get really confused because I'm like, okay, well, like you'd be able to bend all the elements, you know, fire water earth air actually i'm really surprised no one said they would want immortality listen not for me personally i don't think immortality is all that like that's kind of that's kind of a little too much so i was like oh maybe maybe someone here is gonna say like immortality or something and then none of us said immortality and i'm just like oh that's interesting See, see, the thing about immortality is that you live forever. And that means you have to keep like making friends and making connections. And first of all, I'm not good at making friends. And second of all, it would be awful to like keep losing people all the time. 
I love how your first reason was, um, I'm just not good at making friends over the second part of I, you keep losing people. <laughs> okay, you guys are acting like you've never seen a good romance anime. I mean, I've cried so many times because... You know, the one person is like a demon and then the other person is human and then they've lost somebody and then they fall in love with this other human all these years later. And then they're just like, no, I'm not going to do it because the last human died. Well, they're human, duh. Like nobody told you to live forever. But the weird thing is, is like all these plots, like, yeah, everyone's had like a previous love before that, before they meet the apparent like person that they're looking for and I'm just like oh so like it ain't that bad after all question mark like is that is that it I was talking about Kami-sama kiss and yeah like it really made me mad because he was like I'm not gonna fall in love with this human girl she's just a human girl she and I'm like watching the whole show and I'm like you need to fall in love with her and finally you know the show stops and you gotta read the manga and then they make the end like the last few panels into an actual movie because they want to give viewers that satisfaction that oh they ended on a good note but yeah Inuyasha is up there that's up there like all of the good action-y romance animes are like that and it sucks in conclusion never choose immortality it just brings the following problems you have to change your identity you have to make a lot more friends than you're used to um a lot of people you love pass and most importantly um it just creates extra drama afterwards in case you've had like past lovers cultural conversations this next segment we will talk about intersectionality in the asian community specifically what being queer and asian is like we'll start by asking the following questions so first off when you were growing up, did you have any exposure to the LGBT community through family or otherwise? No, um, mainly because I lived in China for nine years. Um, kind of the timeline, um, I was adopted at 21 months old and then we lived in America for two years and then I moved to China for nine years. And then I came back in like seven, for seventh grade, eighth grade to high school. Um, but... And also, like, I was in a very conservative family, too, but I didn't really get more exposed until a little bit of high school and then definitely in college. And um, I, I, was, I was very appreciated, like, my very first day at Wright State where they introduced pronouns to me, which was kind of a sad fact that I didn't know what pronouns were until that moment, but I'm glad I do now. And... Now I'm way more exposed and um, I know a lot more of the community and continue to learn more. Yeah, no, I was kind of similar. Um, when I was growing up, there was basically nothing for me. None of my family was like openly LGBT. And the closest I ever got to to that was seeing like those stereotypical gay characters for like two seconds on a movie or tv show it wasn't really until high school that I started to really like learn about the LGBT community when I was 16 and like that's when I really started learning about it and that was around the time that I realized I was bi and since then I have tried my best to like learn more about it and kind of make up for what I didn't learn when I was younger 
I totally forgot about like TV's shows and stuff, and I do agree that it's not probably represented. I think now it's probably more, but back then it wasn't, you know. Um, and it was still very limited to what I watched, I guess. But yeah, I it's definitely hard, like depending on what family you live in. So growing up, um, I didn't really have that much exposure, like to the LGBT community through like family, um, but I did get a lot of exposure via media, I guess. Um, so I grew up in a very conservative household, and it wasn't really common. We didn't have a lot of family members who were part of the community. Um, I do know some people now as I got older that are part of the community but back when I was younger I didn't really have that much exposure unless it was through like friends or other media. So as you grew up did you or your family's views on the LGBT community change over the years at all? I think um my dad's views probably not um unfortunately and but my mom has like I've talked to her a lot and um and she's definitely more open-minded than what she used to be it's definitely like my sisters and I are like way more aware and accepting but for my mom it's still somewhat of a working progress because she has like the older generation mind but um we're getting through her yeah, my mom's kind of similar to that. She She's a bit more um, conservative in this particular uh, area, I guess you would say, um, which is has been interesting um, for me. <laughs> but my sister is a little more open-minded, um, and I definitely became a lot more open-minded, especially after like high school and into college. For me, when I was, like, younger, um, most of my family, we didn't really talk too much about the LGBT community growing up, so I never knew their views when I was, like, really younger, because it never came up in conversation, but once I got older and um, I was more exposed to the community and, you know, I had, you know, more friends, I asked them about it, and they were just like, well they're human too, you know, like you should treat them as human beings. So although they're not a part of the community, they're very much supportive of it, you know, like they're still very conservative in their views, but they acknowledge that there's a need for the community, basically. I don't, I don't really know how to describe it because the way they described it to me is that, you know, there's some people who don't approve of the community at all, and then they just, like, think that it would be good to just denounce it. But for my parents, we have, like, we have relatives who are part of that community, and the thing about my family is that family's everything. So for them to denounce the community is like saying they don't want that family member and they don't think that's right at all and they think everyone should be accepted i think that's how they view the lgbt community at least from what i'm aware of 
as for my views, I've always been kind of open about it. Um, I was I was a lot more open as soon as I got like more knowledge from my friends and you know as I grew up in the high school and college, especially. Um, a lot of my friends now are a part of that community and I love them dearly. They're my favorite people, not gonna lie. Um, so yeah, I think my views now are a lot more open and a lot more supportive. Um, I try to be as much as an ally as I can. I think it's like really hard with family because you love them so much, but you also are like, can you just understand this? Like these are people, they have rights. They should be treated just like everyone else. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm glad that I have grown in my knowledge of L the LGBT community and I've taken some classes too. Um, and it just helped me a lot. But um, for me, I'm continuing to grow. I'm not perfect um, in, in my knowledge or even in my own biases, but that's because I still have so much more to learn. Yeah, I feel like there's always something we can do better to support that community and also just like learn more about that community because when I hear from people who are in the LGBT community it sounds really interesting um I feel like there's always something new and always something going on that like needs to be learned by other people but again you do have a point like it's really hard to talk about certain subjects with certain family members or friends out there and it's also really hard to have people understand especially if they're so like dead set on their views as well yeah it's really hard because I know with my mom I haven't spoken with her about this in a, in a couple of years but I remember being like I was really young I would think I was like 13 at the time and I have this like really vivid memory of her saying that she didn't think that gay people should be able to be married. At that time, I didn't, I hadn't realized that I was bi, but it like still stuck with me. And thinking about that today makes it just a lot harder for me to talk to her about certain things because it's always like right there at the back of my memory. Um, so it's been, it's been a struggle sometimes. Yeah, I'm sorry you had to go through that, man. I feel like it's really, like, tough, especially, like, you know, hearing hearing something like that, and then you, like, find your identity, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, this really hurts. Because <laughs> um, I do, I have a friend who I won't obviously name, but they're not out yet, and they they get sad about the situation because like they want to tell their family and they want to like you know kind of be open with them but because of that family's views or the way they see people um it's really hard for them to do so and i feel like that's another struggle that people who are in the community have especially those who are not out yet Okay, so how accepting do you feel WSU is to the LGBT students in general? Personally, um, so I work in the Multicultural Center, and I do feel like 
WSU is accepting towards the LGBT students, but I feel like a lot could be done better, in my opinion, um, because it still feels like there's a little bit of judgment, at least from some people in certain conservative communities. Um, and I'm not saying this is the whole WSU like student population or like any faculty. I'm just saying that sometimes when you go on campus and I hear certain um, struggles that students are going through or from my friends, it always isn't 100% perfect. Like there's always something needing to be done and they're always, um, there. actually there should be something done. Um, I feel like that there could be more honest conversations about it and I feel like uh, working towards that will be a long road but nonetheless I feel like the community as a whole could be more accepted towards the LGBT students in general. Now it's great that we have the gender gender neutral bathrooms on the first floors I think was a great step. However when I talk to certain students some of them have their reserves about it and it makes me feel sad because it's something that like a lot of people kind of depend on the gender, gender neutral bathrooms. So when I hear people saying that, you know, like, oh, they should, they should revert it back and it shouldn't be like gender neutral at all. I get kind of upset because it's not like this was like a change made on the fly. This was a change that some people were fighting for. I agree that there can still be improvements to be done. And I do like that in housing, like you can like kind of say, hey, like, is this going to be more of accepting? Uh, like if you get appointment and stuff to make sure that those uh, who are in the LGBT community um, are safe, you know what I mean? So that aspect and um, that there are ways to like change your name to and right state so you don't have to use your dead name. Um, so there are certain things that right state has made improvements on and have done, but I definitely still think that like no matter where we're at in life or in, in, in the school, I think in every aspect still can be improvements. Another thing I'd like to add about like um, how accepting do I feel WSU is to the LGBT students. I know Rebecca mentioned um, the housing option, the inclusive housing option that Wright State has. I'd also like to add that I feel like it's great that Wright State kind of includes pronouns in a lot of the curriculums and like wherever we go it's kind of part of the process to say like what your pronouns are like my pronouns are she her my pronouns are they them my pronouns are he him and there's a lot of education on it which I think is really great. I also remember um when we were able to do we did um like safe space treaty but I know it was part of Greek life where um we all got safe space training and that was really informative. Yeah, yeah. So Wright State has safe space training and um, seminars that people can attend to talk more about how to create a safe space 
for people and how to be more inclusive, which I think is great. It's it's one step ahead and further into an inclusive campus. But however, I do I do think there's still a lot of things that need to be done for the community by right state. Absolutely, for sure. Okay, how, if at all, has being Asian impacted your views of the LGBT community or experience as an LGBT person? Uh, again, I, I kind of explained this, but I was adopted and my uh, family, my parents were missionaries in China. And so I honestly don't remember seeing anybody in the LGBT community uh, when I was there for the whole nine years. I mean, it probably because I was around a lot of like Christians and um and like a lot of times like even though I understood the language, I could never have like I was not understanding of the language for so much that I could have like a meaningful conversation. I could only go surface level. Um, so maybe there were people, but I just didn't know it. And also, I was really young back then too. I didn't come back to the States until I was 13, so maybe I just didn't have my eyes open. Because um, a lot of things is, if you are not, uh, if you don't keep an eye out for things, you're not going to see it. And so maybe I just didn't have my eyes open to that. Um, and But I did some research um, on, like, um, Asian culture and, like, um with uh, the LGBT community and it, especially in China and they're not as accepting as like, we say Taiwan. Taiwan, I think it has legal marriage is for uh, 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 lesbian gay people, but I don't, I don't know more about what are the rules or laws that they have passed in accepting of that community. For me, being Asian and also being um, LGBT, it's it's definitely had an impact on me. Um, I didn't grow. I was adopted like Rebecca. I was adopted by white parents, Um, so I've always had this like disconnect between being Asian, being American, and then when I realized I was bi, that disconnect was like even bigger, and a lot of what I notice is there's like twice the amount of stereotypes that I realize exist. Like I have this one memory of I was talking to someone who I had told I was by and then they they asked me out to like lunch or whatever and I couldn't decide on a place and I remember them saying that like, oh, the stereotype that bisexuals can't choose must be true. And that was, that was a little disheartening to hear, um, especially, like, so soon after I'd come out. And it's, like, those little, like, little comments that you notice that you wouldn't notice otherwise. And also something I've noticed, I do a lot of writing and I do a lot of analyzing media. Um, I'm a media studies major, so I guess that's not too surprising. But I've noticed that it's twice as hard to find characters like me in media that are represented and like protagonists just because if they are, if they do happen to be like 
LGBT, they're not bi and they're not Asian. Or if they are one, they're not the other. So that's just like twice as hard to find myself in like characters or like imagine myself as a main character, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, I feel like it's twice as hard, especially um, if it's already hard enough, like it's not really common to see, um, at least growing up, there wasn't really that many Asian main characters. Not only that, not having any Asian characters who are also um, representative of the LGBT community. I feel like that's definitely tough. Um, For me, being Asian has kind of impacted uh, views on the LGBT community from what I've witnessed growing up and what I've learned growing up. So I... My mom made sure I was very in touch with Filipino culture. Like, she she kind of viewed it as very important because since she immigrated from the Philippines, I couldn't have the exposure to the culture that she had. So she would, you know, let me visit my grandma and, you know, talk all about how she grew up and everything like that. And the community never came up as like a conversation but i do know from what i've learned and what i viewed growing up is that like in the philippines it's not common to be lgbt um it's not openly accepted in a sense and i thought that was kind of odd because there's a lot of media stars in the Philippines who are a part of that community. They're often known as like comedians or like spokespeople on game shows. Like they're, and I don't know if they're just like taking it as a joke or they're being serious and it kind of confuses me. But like growing up, I did see people from the community on there on those shows, but they weren't respected outside of those shows as people. And that kind of threw me off because I was like, they're humans. Like, you would think that because, you know, these people have jobs in the media and they're representing their community so nicely that they would be openly accepted by that community. Like, uh, that's what I thought would be happening, but I guess it was wrong. I guess I was wrong about that. Um there are people within the community that are out and open about it, but they are not accepted, at least from the view that I've seen with the Philippines. And I feel like a lot of Asian countries are more conservative about that. They're not as open about being LGBT. So a lot of the times, a lot of the people are... um very down low, very not open about it. Because um, it's not something that was viewed as good. And and I think it's weird because I think it has to do with like the systems that were created and grown grown up on. Because I don't I don't know how it is for everyone else, but the one common trait I see with um, Asian culture and Asian communities is like the whole hierarchy of like power and how elders need to be respected and the whole idea of like dishonor 
and you know how family is very important and a legacy needs to be made like i feel like because of that pressure and because of the views on the lgbt community over there i feel like it's twice as hard to hear so much about them and how um they have their struggles um now that might have changed through over the years but from my experience of seeing the community with asian culture it hasn't really been as open as i thought it would be and i think it's and i think it's really hard for especially for those who are a part of the asian community and the lgbt community because not only do they grow up with the stereotypes that were pointed at Asians, they're also dealing with the stereotypes pointed at LGBTQ people. And I think that's horrible. I feel like that's that's double the microaggressions anyone should face. Exactly. Everyone just needs to be accepting of everyone else, no matter oh, like what identity they have or like what kind of race they are like it we're all human and i don't know it's just people who just like being hateful towards other people and sitting in their hate is what really causes a lot of issues and um i don't know i i, I think by talking about it more people can be more accepting and that the future generations, they have more of a chance to, like, see representation in media that are like them. So hopefully, um, we keep continue to make progress. It's really surprising to me, but there's, although, like, you know, obviously some of the Asian countries have a very conservative background, it's very surprising to see, like, some media be published or be allowed to publish despite the conservative views. And like, for example, there are like some characters that I see that have like intersectionality. Like there was trans characters, there was bi characters, there were gay characters, there were lesbian characters. Like they were just characters who had like a personality and everything like they had all this like character development and build up in their stories and when I saw that I was like oh that's a beautiful story and so you know I'd read those stories and I'd, I'd really like it but I see that media and then you know I see the views of the country and I'm very baffled because I'm like that doesn't add up I get that though because I it makes me think a lot of how Thailand has series that are that feature gay protagonists but I think it was like very recently that they even legalized they don't I don't think they call it marriage they call it same-sex unions um but they have like such a huge industry for for like BL series when they so recently just legalized same-sex unions they want the money and like the image of being accepting I feel without actually being accepting so it's like a performance basically yeah very performative Alrighty, um do you guys have any advice for lgbt listeners who come from non-accepting backgrounds i feel like this is a pretty common piece of advice but 
I still think it's like really important to say and it's that you don't have to come out to be part of the LGBT community because the thing is is that it's great if you if you feel like you're able to and you're ready to and you want to come out and you're claiming that part of your identity that's amazing and I'm super glad you can do that but at the same time you don't need to do that to still be LGBT it doesn't make you any less valid to not come out and even when you do come out it you have to come out over and over and over again and it's exhausting sometimes because like you just have to keep coming out you have to keep deciding can I can I do this um can I tell the people at work who I am can I tell the people who I just met can I tell this person um that I'm going to be seeing for like a little while because of whatever reason maybe you're in the same club you have to keep considering is it safe is it is it okay are they going to accept me are they gonna not want to associate with me afterwards because it's it's great if you can but even if you do sometimes it's still exhausting so it's okay not to come out you're still valid I'd like to piggyback off what Kate said but yeah you don't need to come out if you don't feel like it's time yet you're still part of the community um and you are valid in your own feelings um above all i would say the advice i would give is to really stay safe um above all i think also making sure you have a support system with you um, even if it's not like family or anything, like, let's just say you have these people you've known and you're very close with them and they, they are specifically people who already know or who are very accepting or just people from the community. I think it's very good to have a support system to get you through it because if you're alone, that's a lot, that's really hard to go through and And I feel like it would be very painful to go through that alone. So the only advice I can give is stay safe and surround yourself with people you trust. Okay, welcome to our last segment, Who's Who in ACE. So in this section, you'll get to know a few of the ACE members, past and present. Uh, They will say their name, their year, their major, and any certifications they have. And then we're going to play a little game called Two Truths and a Lie. So first off, um, my name is Isabel. Hello, uh, Isabel Hardesty. This year, at this moment, I am a senior and my major is international business and I have a certification in business analytics. Nice to meet you. Hello, my name is Rebecca Wise. Um, I am a senior this year and I'm a social work major. I will be graduating with a minor in health communications. I plan to go on to grad school at Wright State for one more year to get my master's. And so hopefully um, by the year 2022, I'll have my master's with my license in social work. Uh, My name's Alex. I actually just graduated this past semester with a degree, a bachelor's degree in biology. Um, right now I'm studying for to be a uh, 
certified ophthalmic assistant, and I'm also preparing to take the MCAT. All right, ladies. So I'm going to give us a few minutes to prepare our two truths and a lie. And ready, set, go. Okay. I have six siblings. I used to take piano lessons, and I enjoy cooking. Ooh, that's a good one. I feel like this is way, like, obviously it feels easier, but it also still feels harder because, like, we've known each other for, like, at least, like, what, two or three years now? <laughs> hmm. What do you think, Alex? Which one do you think is the lie? So I actually have Rebecca on, I think it's Instagram, and she'll be posting, or is it Snapchat? She'll be posting some uh, good little cooking videos. So she does enjoy to co enjoy cooking. Um, and I know she has younger siblings, and I know she has a twin. I just don't know if she has six siblings. So I'm torn between is it actually six siblings, or um, did she take piano lessons as a child? But I feel like piano lessons are kind of a thing like a lot of kids did which I didn't do but I feel like a lot of kids did piano lessons but I'm just struggling I don't know I think maybe the p she took piano lessons is a lie if not she doesn't have six siblings but she does have siblings yeah I would have to agree with you I feel like the cooking one is definitely the truth because like I see her all the time she posts like little like dorm cooking videos or like dorm cooking photos and I'm just like oh dang that looks good and she does it like she doesn't do it like every so often she does it almost like every day too and that's the thing is that like if someone has that much dedication to dorm cooking they gotta love cooking because like I have my own kitchen and I can rarely muster up the energy to cook um I also would have to say it's between the siblings and the piano for me. And the thing is, is that Rebecca's told me how many siblings she's had. And we've had this conversation before, and I'm just trying my best to remember <laughs> what exactly it was. Okay, so yes, she has a twin. She has a few younger siblings. But I don't, I don't think it was six. I think she said something like eight siblings? Or no, 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 no. In total, no. Oh, crap. Because I think, you know what? I'm going to say the six, I'm going to, I'm going to be, wow, well, I'm going to look really dumb here. But um, I think the six siblings is a lie. Isabel, you're correct. I have seven. So I have two younger, um, my twin, two older sisters, and then two older brothers. I did take piano lessons. I feel like my mom made everyone take piano lessons. I slept, by the way. I definitely did not come in the jeans. I wish I was good at piano. And yes, I really enjoy cooking. Alrighty, I'm going to go next. I have my two truths and a lie, so buckle up. Um, so first off, I lived overseas for six years, specifically in Okinawa, Japan. Um, two... I have an extensive manga collection. And three, I learned how to play the flute and did it in band for about maybe three or four years. Okay, so Alex, I think Isabel definitely had that manga collection. I don't know how many years she lived overseas. And she seems like someone who could play the instrument, but like, 
I feel like she's not lying about the six years. Either that or that's a really good, like, lie. Um, I'm just going to shoot for it and I'm going to say flute. Because it could be a different instrument. So, like, I've actually heard Isabel say on many occasions that she lived abroad in Okinawa. Or maybe it wasn't Okinawa, but she lived in Japan. I don't know if it was specifically Okinawa, but I know it was somewhere I wanted to travel. I do know that she did live overseas. And then I also, I don't know, a lot of people who watch anime don't like manga, but I feel like we've had this conversation where we're like, because I was like, I like anime and then I like manga. If you're not going to give me what I want in the anime, I'm going to go to the manga or vice versa. If I love the manga, I'm going to wait for the anime. But I feel like, Maybe the flute, because the way she she said that, she was like, maybe three or four years, like maybe, like she had to think about it. So I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe it's the flute one. I'm going to say the flute too. I, I just want to know if you have the manga collection, because if you do, I might come steal it. <laughs> Alrighty, so yes, you both are correct. The flute one was a lie, and I'll explain why. Okay, so... The one about the flute where um, I played it for like three or four years, that part was a lie. So I did actually play flute, but it was only in fifth grade for like a year. Um, I didn't want to play flute. Uh, It's because we needed an extracurricular at my elementary school and they said, you have to do something. So I was like, okay, I know how to play the violin. I've been doing that for like what six seven years now like let me just use that and go into band and the band teacher just straight to my face said like you can't play violin violins aren't in band so you can't play and I'm just like oh and so she encourages that we learn another instrument so we went around and like tried different mouth mouthpieces I wanted to be a saxophone or a clarinet player but because I couldn't get any sound out of it I could only get sound out of the flute. And I would like to just say for anyone who is a flautist, which yes, that is the proper name for anyone who plays the flute, um, props to you. Because the year I did play flute, it was so uncomfortable to be in that position. Because like when you play violin, the violin is on your left side. But for flute, the flute is on your right side. It was, it just felt backwards to me. But yeah, that was my lie. Uh, I did live overseas for six years in specifically Okinawa. It was great. Honestly, 10 out of 10. Would love to visit again. I miss it so much. Um, And I do have an extensive manga collection. Specifically, a majority of them are in Japanese. I have a few English, like, translated novels, but I don't read them that much because they're, like, pretty old. But I have... Like, I have a lot of romance series. Like, I don't really have that many, like, male series. I have, like, one book for Attack on Titan. But, yeah, those were my two truths and a lie. Isabel, like, how how old were you when you lived overseas? Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot to explain that. So, I moved here short, I moved to Okinawa shortly after, like, fourth grade. So, I think I was, like, 10 years old. So, from the age of 10 to, like, 16 is when I lived there. And we moved specifically for my dad's job in the military. I moved away when I was 16 or 17, I believe. And it was like after my sophomore year. Were you sad when you had to move or like, were you like ready for a new experience? So for me at the time, 
I was kind of sad about it because, you know, I lived, that was like a big chunk of like my adolescence where like I grew up and got to know who I was. And so it had a pretty big impact on my life. So for me, I was really sad that I had to leave. I was more nervous, if anything, because I had lived in Ohio before and I was moving back to the same area and I was nervous about how I would make friends. Um, luckily, I was still very good friends with people from across my street and we never lost contact. So I still had that support group. Um, but if I had to say in hindsight, after I moved here, I would say I was more sad. It was it was definitely quite the adjustment. Like it was a different experience from what I had. So I guess all that's left is Alex. Okay, so first, I'm an old soul. I really like old music, old ways of doing things. I, like, I'm just like an old soul. I like handwritten letters, stuff like that. I have three turtles. They're super beautiful. (laughs) And um, I also like to collect bags. Oh, goodness. I feel like this is going to be harder than I expected. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, so I could see Alex as like an old soul who listens to older music, but that also throws me off because like when we've had conversations and you know, she, Alex is low key caught up with the trends. So at the same time that like throws me off, but I do know that we've talked about her having turtles, but I just don't know if it was two or if it was three. Because I remember, like, we had this conversation, like, maybe, like, a year or two ago about it. I think it was two turtles, but I'm not sure. And I feel like it's plausible for Alex to collect purses. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna say it's the three turtles thing. It's not three, it's two. That's my guess. Okay, I definitely agree the old soul thing. Like, I I, I definitely see that in her. Uh, but uh, the three, three turtles... You definitely questioned me because I thought, oh, it could be three turtles because uh, I, I think it's collecting bags. Unless, like, I feel like, I, I, I don't know, she got really excited about the turtles. And then the collecting bags was, like, the side thing. So, um, if I'm wrong, I would feel really bad because I feel like I should know if she collects bags or not. I'm going to just, I'm going to just go for it. I'm going to say collecting bags is the lie. And that she has three turtles and she's an old soul. Alrighty, so my first truth, let me just switch up the game. My first truth is that, yes, I am an old soul. I really do enjoy older music. Like, if you get in my car, I will probably not make you suffer through that. But I like older music. I like, you know, the Bee Gees, the Beatles, stuff like that. And everybody's like, ew, what's wrong with you? And I'm like leave me alone. It's okay. So then I'll tell you my lie. My lie is I only have two turtles. I still have Okazaki and Lil Rob and they're chilling. Um, I actually had to separate them because they're both fighting. So they're in two separate tanks. And when, you know, my fiance moves into his new apartment, I'm sending one with him until we get married because they just need to be apart for a while. And then, yeah, I do like to collect bags. I love totes and little purses and cute little bags 
Honestly, I have so many that I have a huge bag full of bags. So like when I move in with my fiance, like he's going to be like, what is wrong with you? I don't think he understands that yet. So I don't want to scare him, but I have a bag. I have a huge bag, guys, full of bags. And I like book bags, cute purses. I have a mini, I have a Mickey Mouse purse I'm carrying right now, but I love cute stuff like that. So too much. I was about to say, I feel like some guys, certain guys will, like, never understand the, like, appeal of a bag. Like, the thing is, is, like, I, I don't collect bags, but I at least have, like, you know, I have one for, like, oh, okay, this is, like, an everyday bag, and, like, oh, this one's, like, a special occasion bag, and, you know, they come in different colors, and they're always some type of different brand. Like, so I don't collect them. But I do see the appeal and why they're cute, and I, I totally agree with you on that. Also, I love the whole bag-in-a-bag type of trick. I do that, but with, like, plastic bags. I don't know if anyone can relate, but, like, you ever have, like, those plastic bags you get from, like, Target or Walmart, and you just, like, you just kind of reuse them? Yeah, that's my vibe. But, heck yes, I knew it. I knew you only had two turtles. I was just like, is it two? Is it three? How big are they now? So Okazaki is still about the same size. So he is, his shell I believe is like five inches long. Um, and then I think it's like four, four inches wide. But little Rob, he's got a little fatter. He's not grown any longer, but he's gotten fatter. And it's because I overfed them, overfed him. Cause you know, I have two different species of turtle. So I have a painted turtle and I have a red-eared slider. And the painted turtle just kind of, ate too much and I didn't realize it until he got so fat I was like why are you not growing in length like I, I get that you're a smaller species but like I've seen turtles longer than you what's going on so I was like so I turned this you know a turtle friend and she was like yeah you're overfeeding him <laughs> and he's enjoying it he's not gonna let you know that you're overfeeding him so I kind of cut back on his food intake and he's on a diet but He's not getting any longer. He's still about four inches wide and like three inches long. But yeah, they're getting up there. Um, so uh, Okazaki is now four years old and Lil Rob is only two. And hopefully um, Lil Rob next year is the third year. We get to find out if he's a boy or a girl. And hopefully he is a boy because I don't want eggs in the tank. That's kind of interesting. I guess, like, after three years old, you find out, like, what specific, like, sex they are. Um, I also am curious about, like, their naming and everything. Like, how did you come up with their names? So, like, Lil Rob, we named him after the doctor at work because he's, like, that's his first name is Rob. And then, but my turtle's, like, frantic and stuff so I was like we call him little like little Rob because he's like all frantic and he acts just like him just like in turtle form and then Okazaki I was like you know I think about uh the Okazaki fragments in biology and then like I was like oh this is really nice I really like that and then you know in anime like um one of my all-time favorite anime love stories that made me cry from start to finish was Clannad and you know that the uh, one of the main characters was Okazaki, uh, Tomoe Okazaki, and I was like, oh, I really love Okazaki, I really love that name, so I kind of just placed it on my turtle. <laughs> he likes it, he answers to his name, actually he does, like, I'll call his name, he'll look look at me, he'll, like, 
move and I'm like oh okay and like it's really cute because like I don't think they really are supposed to do that but he does answer to me he'll like come follow me and I was like oh that's so cute but yeah they're they're so adorable you gotta meet them in person one day I love that you have totals that's so cute and that's all for today's episode of safe space with ace for more follow us on instagram at WSU underscore ACE. Thank you for listening to our discussion on intersectionality in the Asian community. Don't forget to join us next month on March 15th for our next episode, Asian Representation in Films. Stay safe out there. ACE out.